three, two, one. Hello. <laughs> We're talking about the most accessible food in the world this week. It is wild food. Wild food. Janie Mac, you could eat your whole dinner out of the ditch. Got <laughs> some wild guests too. Wild food with wild guests. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On a wild day. Just before your wild birthday. Oh, stop. I know. It's a bit wild. I had to cancel it, though. Oh. Flesh did COVID. Got the better of me. Yeah. Well, not me, but I was a bit kind of uh, worried and... No, you're doing the right thing. Anxious about all the, the numbers the right and variants and... Well, maybe mm. you could just go out foraging outdoors, you know? I'm going fishing, actually, instead. I've decided that I'm just going to catch my dinner from the sea. That's wild food, That's for wild sure. Food. Well, today we're not going to be talking about fish and what's wild in the ocean, but today we're going to talk about wild food foraging and people who've made a business out of it, and then a Mm. special guest at the end who might be a bit random, but we'll introduce you soon. So here we talk to Fiona Falconer and in absentia, Malcolm from Wildabout. Yeah, great introduction. So these guys have a great story to tell because just a decade ago, they were sitting on their kitchen table in London and, you know, they stuck a pin in the map and they decided to up sticks and move home to Ireland. So they jumped ship. They had three small children on board, bought a five acre field by the coast in Wexford, built a passive house and began to learn about self-sufficiency. So today, that dream is what we know as Wild About. It's up and running as an environmentally sustainable business. As the name would give it away, it's all about wild food, which they either forage for themselves or cultivate on their farm. And Jack, I kind of love the idea of wild food because like, you know, getting outdoors, stuck into nature, Mm. there's just so much beauty and bounty that's on our doorstep and the hedgerows. And like we mentioned fishing earlier, but there's so much out there. And sometimes... It can just be as simple as a nettle, like, you know, and that's one food that Wild About are hugely proud to hang their hat on. But I think we should just kick things off midway into our conversation with Fiona here, where she was telling us how she really got stuck into these wild foods by realising the abundance of what was available in the countryside and how nourishing these foods were. The wild thing started to get under my skin, right? Mm -hmm. The, The whole having greenness around me. And then the berries came out in the winter and I was going, oh, what's that? Because we had we'd, uh, spindle and everything and they're beautiful pink flowers um, and um, um, uh, red berries. I'll think of them in a minute. But all these beautiful berries in the hedging and, and Malco goes, well, you can eat them. They're rose hips and they're whatever. And I was going, oh, OK. So we, we started looking them. And of course, because of my factual background, I actually started looking at clinical trials to see was there any little... Um, sound bites I could throw out at the market on Saturday okay. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I actually did clinical trials and I cross correlated everything because that's the way my mind works you look at something and then you find does it stand up in another sure. trial or whatever um, and it started to blow my mind the properties of what is just natively around us mm-hmm. you know the the hawthorn really good for your heart health it helps maintain the membrane around your heart it lowers blood pressure um, and they're a abundant this year the slow is again the black membrane full of um antioxidants riboflavin so they're really good for detoxing um very good for chests as well you have um your elderflower again your elderflower your elderberry the berry really good for opening up your chest particularly for catar and stuff like that deep chesty coughs um 
you've got there well the end of the nettles then we hit nettles yeah nettles were amazing um meadow well, sweet the nettles yeah i um, want to know more about nettles because i'm kind of fascinated too anytime oh. i cook with nettles or when i kind of have nettles in anything it, it is it, they are really amazing the irony kind of they're beautiful but to use because of feeling if inside you're aware you. That you get a little boost you get a little energy mm. boost and when you look back yeah. at a little bit into the science it's quite interesting because they're um okay they contain vitamin a b1 b2 the mental agility and the heart maintenance vitamins they have vitamin c but vitamin c aids the absorption of the iron Okay. So they work for you in getting iron into you. They, the seeds as well. You know when they, um, when they flower. Okay, from from the start, you've got the the leaf. The leaf is brilliant for pestos. You know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when when is this like kind of at autumn time that you pick these or when? No, they start from. Or... They're usually in by Paddy's Day. That's the way okay. we market. Um, okay. and you're looking for so nettles, nettles that are, yeah about. that are about um about a foot and a half tall. And okay. you just pick the top four leaves at the end of maybe the top two inches. So you're you're mm. looking for just the tips of them. You bring them in, you rinse them in cold water with a little egg cup of vinegar, and that'll kill any bacteria from dogweed or from animals or for, from whatever like that. Oh, okay. Put them in a salad spinner and then either um, wilt them down uh, on a saucepan with some onions and throw an egg in it and you have a really nice omelette. You can put them over fish, uh, squeeze a lemon, wrap it, bake it 20 minutes at 180. Because you the, the sting, the formic acid is, um, uh, is in a little tube, like a test tube on the underside of the leaf. Yes. And what happens is it's so small, it goes into your, your, your skin cell and breaks okay. off and that causes the irritant but when you cook it or break it it dissolves at 60 something degrees it goes into whatever you have and you do, you still get it but you don't mm. have the 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 reaction to it and actually the content of the formic acid is really interesting it contains a thing called astrocholine acid which works as a neurotransmitter on your skeletal superhighway just fucking check and everything is in it re- it releases <laughs> serotonin in your brain to regulate mood um oh there what is it mood appetite and desire <laughs> wow but there's there's <laughs> well it's i was talking to a microbiologist really nice guy ronnie russell from trinity and he said uh, fiona you're missing a trick on the nettles and i was going why he goes when we ingest nettles there's enzymes in our digestive tract that turn the nitrogen of the nettle into a thing called nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is a really interesting naturally occurring gas in the body. It dilates the blood vessels to lower blood pressure. It increases the oxygenation capacity of your blood, so it gives you a little bit of an energy boost. Okay. Um, but they're also trialing uh, nitric oxide as an alternative for Viagra. <laughs> so there's nothing that nettles don't do. Okay, you know? you've covered the spectrum fully. I think we can safely say now nettles Super well, food, no, I've sure. only gone through the vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to the minerals or the compounds or any of that shit yet. <laughs> and tell me, can you eat nettles like throughout the year, or is it no? Just well, we time? we we grow from seed and we we tear them. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, we have also grow them in polytunnels to extend the season. So the natural season is from March through to first frosts after September. And we've had a really mild uh, winter um, mm-hmm. here, wet, but not freezing. So, well, where we are. So they're still actively out and around. They're fairly scraggy and they're seeding. But also the seeds at this time of year, you'll find they're really tall. And they've got these like, um, they're like tiny bunches of grapes dripping off them. Yes. And if you take them, they, they eat them in Germany. Germany are quite into the nettles. 
um, take the leaves off and literally um, pull the, the, the little flowers, they'd be kind of seedy, off the stem and put them through a sieve. Okay. Then dry them because they will ferment. So dry them for a good day on a piece of brown paper, stick them in a kilner jar, throw them on your, your spaghetti, your or not your spaghetti, your, your muesli or your porridge or whatever you have in the morning because it's a natural energy boost. Um, it's yeah. a concentrated mm. iron boost, yeah. but it's tiny little seed. So it's not, yeah. you know, anything to, um, they say don't take them after four o'clock or it's like speed, you won't get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Fiona, you, you also take the hard work out of it. You sell metal products, don't you? You have a drink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had, because uh, we started, we were we were working on the, oh, there's various chutneys, jams, preserves, but milk makes everything. I mean, we're tiny. Okay. Milk makes everything by hand in the kitchen, goes out to the garden, gets what he needs, goes into the kitchen. He's got six pots. Stuff comes out in boxes <laughs> to me. I put it into stores. I go out in the van. I stick the jars on the shelf, you know, and we do, we did, well, we did markets and stuff. I, I've, because of COVID now, we're not doing any markets. Um, okay. And uh, stock is fairly limited we've been really lucky this year there's a there's a lot of interest going on but we can't the other products aren't scalable okay. you know I don't want to take on a factory thanks very much I love what we do we sell everything we have we're happy mm. with where we are we're content but the nettle has potential because that I can make 20,000 units a day, 30,000 units a day here. And when you when you say that, now we're looking on video, but people are listening and oh, you're holding up sorry. a bottle there. Sorry, sorry, yes. <laughs> what, what, what's in that bottle? Uh, that's, uh, that's our nettle drink. So we had one of our most popular products from when we started ages ago was our nettle syrup. We have a big following for arthritis in particular. Um, right. It's very good for menopause. It's the best hangover cure you will ever have, hand on heart. We were down at Dingle, I was telling you, at the festival mm-hmm. and we had a hard night out and I had to set the stall up the next morning because Malk didn't know his own name at that stage. Um, so eight o'clock in the morning, I had the stall up, I had the nettle syrup all done up with ice and water. I was necking it back. I was going, the best hangover cure ever. And I may as well have stood on the counter and shouted, free money. (laughs) (laughs) They came from far and wide and all over the town that night. All you could do was nettle, (laughs) which was lovely. But that's, that's, I want to, I want to bring the nettle back because I think it's part of our heritage. Every kid in Ireland has been stung by a nettle. They're an incredible food. They're incredible. Yeah. They, ha- they, they lower the glycemic index. They lower cholesterol significantly. Arthritis, they clear uric acid from your kidneys. So they're really wow. good for, for gout. They're good for psoriasis. They're good for asthma. Um, they're, they're an incredible plant. They grow everywhere. You know, yeah, it's not hard so, to grow. They're so plentiful. And they're free. So, so just to, just to summarize, just to summarize for people listening. So if you wanted to pick wild nettles, yeah. you got to get them when they're about a foot and a half tall. Yeah. Or you go out and you cut them down and within two weeks, you know, you're going to have perfect little perfect nettles small, coming yeah. through wherever so, there's so you, nettle. Just keep cutting them back. It's, yeah, like so it's, it, it's the same as growing veggies and herbs and anything. You want to catch them a little bit earlier after they get big. They get a little bit kind of woody, maybe, and a little bit too astringent. But in you flavor. can still cut them right back. Yeah, so the baby ones are the ones you want. So yeah. a foot, a foot and a half, and that's from sep- uh, from February from March Paddy's on. Day onwards. Yeah, yeah, and then you so, manage it yourself. Wear a pair of marigold gloves; you won't get any sting. Yeah, and then 
the next phase in the year is to go for the seeds in the oh, beginning in of the, in the winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Winter. Do you want the nettle beer recipe? Yes. Oh, I yeah. have because this <laughs> now is Now you're for, talking. Yeah, I know. I know. We need to get this. Oh, here we go. Um, this is like for Paddy's Day. Um, oh, okay. although you could just, yeah, try nettles as a hangover cure. Although you could drink it for Paddy's Day and then you wouldn't have a hangover because you genuinely don't get a hangover. Big claims here. I, I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is, this is claims, in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we, it we put is, in a, um, a disclaimer there. We do not take responsibility for any hangovers <laughs> induced by this recipe. Two ca- How do you make nettle beer? Okay. Two carrier bags of fresh young nettles. Now, this is, this is Malk's recipe. So I reckon that is about uh, 500 grams. Okay. 12 liters of water. Okay. Uh, 1.5 kilos of sugar. 30 or 60 grams of cream of tartar. That's important. Two okay. oranges, two lemons if you wanted, a little bit of ginger if you wanted, yeast, and now the magic. You boil up the water, take it off the heat, add the nettles, put the lid on, and leave it to infuse for an hour, preferably overnight. Then you strain it through a muslin. You heat the mixture only enough to dissolve the sugar and the cream of tartar. You add the juice of the orange and the lemon and the ginger spice bag, if you want, and you leave it to cool at room temperature. You add the yeast, you cover with the tea towel and leave in a dark, warm place for four to five days. Okay. After that, you remove the scum (laughs) from the surface of the brew bucket (laughs) uh, and siphon it into plastic bottles. Um, Leave to settle in a cool place. The fridge is ideal. Um, I would definitely use plastic bottles because we've had bottles explode Explosions. at yeah. the top of the stairs. Um, wait seven days and it's ready to drink. Wow. And it okay, is, it's like a Breton cider. It's not sickly sweet. It's its really not, it's not a beer. It, it sounds yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and it, it tastes of nettle. And as, as someone said to me when they were drinking my drink, I, I, I don't know what nettle tastes like, but I know I'm drinking nettle. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna try that. Well, that okay. That's Looking really nice. That. And try our you can try our nettle drink. Um, as I say, that's 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 my pension or that's my my potential for the next phase because <laughs> I can. And well, it t- kind of takes all the crap out of it because I can do what I love doing. I can do the yeah. horticultural end with the nettles and keep on that kind of vein. Um, yeah. and it yeah. Mal can do less work, but we yeah. can have more market Fiona I gotta say I've absolutely loved that you've shared this information with us um Mm. and I think it's really important that um people I suppose understand like what what we can do with that food that's just on our doorstep like those nettles like do you do stuff like um teaching maybe school kids or kind of doing groups or like how important is it do you think for for young people to understand um, well that's that's that's, these wild foods that's what wild about is about it's as i said it's wild about is kind of it's it's the whole follow-through from who we are um, and how we do what we do and the end product Mm -hmm. so it's um yeah that's that's why we were so thrilled with the bloss win because um winning with the wild ingredient it's absolutely Mm. who we are so Mm when we're talking to people about food you're filling them in and a lot more than oh this goes really well with you know onion soup 
or this yeah. is particularly good with pork. You're going into the whole background of we use, you know, Bolivian hairy chilies, which are a heritage variety, which we harvest the seed from every year and we dry them out. And there's, you know, there's there, there's more information about nettles when you're, you're, you know, if you're using nettles in something, you get a lot more about the kind of the health benefits, the environment. And people go, Jesus, I'll pick my own nettles. Well, do you know what? Mm. Brilliant, because when you mm. do that, you engage in the environment in a way that there's there's no coming back from. And that's what we're trying to do. When people stick, a, a, you know, like the raspberry chili in their mouth and go, wow, that's really something. You go, well, it's not. Thank you. It's not. It's just our bar is so low on what we're willing to put in our mouth. Like half the time you've, you've got the spoon in the jar before you finished what's in your mouth. If you give yeah. someone a really good quality food and they try it, they'll take a bit longer to savor it and they'll mm -hmm. actually eat less, you know, because sure. they savor it more. So that's the kind of whole ethos behind of where we are with the schools. We, we, we've had a few school tours down just because I think it's so important for kids to get them when they're young and to explain this is your natural environment. Do you remember the nature table at school? You mm. know, this is this is kind of what it's about. It's bringing yeah. them down and going, oh, you can you can eat this leaf with this nut. That's a cure for whatever. This is nettles. This is drinking nettles. They grow there. They're good for arthritis. Oh, I don't have arthritis, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but they start buzzing. And one one yeah. of the crowd that went home the last time, he said, and these are country kids. He said, Janie Mac, you could eat your whole dinner out of the ditch. And I thought, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love isn't that. that. Wonderful yeah. Phrase. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's there's that's... so much wonder in that, isn't there? The statement of it, like, just it's it's amazing. Yeah. But you know what? As as a, a parent of small kids, like you, you want to do things with them, and you can't do a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff you just can't really do for a period of time. And yeah. going out for a walk in nature is something you can do, but they just get so bored. And being able to do something like that and show and pick and it just entertains and inspires and educates and you mm. get the walk in and it's, it's, yeah, like we do it. We do it um, ourselves. We're in a mushroom, mushroom phase at the moment. <gasps> you see, mushrooms yeah. scare me. I don't mm. know. I have no knowledge. And nettles but... scare a lot of people. Mm. Well, so... there's the, the common nettle. That's it. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing that's going to kill you over here. You know, and out of, out of the last 10 years, I think I've met two people who have nettle allergies. Mm. Well, you know, okay. so it's not. The only thing is if you have hemochromatosis, you need to give it a wide berth because it's packed with iron. Mm. Okay. Um, mm. But mm. other than that, they're, they're incredible. They're, they're even doing, using them in trials for hair follicle regrowth. Mm. that was very popular in our house for a while <laughs> Toby used to go out and get like buckets of of, uh, of nettles and rinse his hair hair through them it did give him more volume but it didn't necessarily give him uh, a regrowth <laughs> now that could be the best tidbit to take from you all day ah poor old Tobes <laughs> okay we touched on this a small bit but I want to know a little bit more about this because as you know, this is a neighbor food podcast. You're a supplier through several neighbor foods. And we have always believed and we have seen it and everyone we work with feels it that it's quality, not quantity. So our feeling is being able to create softwares that can optimize food producers, businesses so that they can they can make more themselves or optimize their day to be able to continue doing the, the things they love without having to scale up all the time. So it's not about quantity it's more about kind of refining in on quality 
you've mentioned it's just the two of you in the production and the sales and everything. And I suppose to chat a little bit more about the two person team, the choices you've made and the values. There are so many more values that come with that choice of lifestyle. A lot of producers in Ireland work this way. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, gosh, where to start? Because that was quite a long one, Jack. <laughs> I know, yeah, the big long question. I'm questions. an old woman now. I have to keep up. My brain's still running on till the end of he, that one. Basically, he wants to know what's so beautiful about being so small. Yeah. Oh, small is perfectly formed. And that's my advice to every. Do you know, I'm so proud of the Irish food industry at the moment. We, uh, we have the best ground source on the planet right here, right now. We have incredible people throughout, which, again, testimony to neighbour food, the community that that has built around food producers who previously would have been, you know, um, in more competition than cooperation um, Mm. is amazing. And together we're stronger. And it's actually... Irish food is on fire. You know, the amount of people who have possibly reassessed their career path post-COVID and, you know, it, it's an easy enough industry to to start off in, but they're driving innovation, they're driving quality, and most mm. of all, they're driving sustainability. You know, mm. that we can create a balance here. Um, the Just being with Malk is fabulous because we're small, so we're mm. sustainable. If we wanted to grow, as I say, if we go and export the nettle to Germany, then that's that's a sustainable growth because mm. we're, you know, we're not taking on people. I don't have a factory to feed. I don't have a payroll to fulfill. You know, mm. we there's, cert, there's certain things we can do. The other thing is to say to people, when you're a small business, this is your business. You mm. run it however the hell you want to run it. And you mm. decide on what it is because there's there's a lot of that commercial pressure to compete mm-hmm. you know to do your do your tastings your sales figures are this we need to get up to you know this that and the other and this is your business and you decide mm. you know what taskmaster you choose to jump to to get whatever result you want but it's your choice don't mm-hmm. get um and i think that that happens quite a bit and people do scale and there's all then you're kind of trapped because you're running the whole time you can't you can't yeah, busy scale food. down it's yeah. it's the same as as agriculture in ireland everything's too big mm-hmm. you know it's have another hundred cattle and have have a have a mega herd or buy up all the farms and have the the mega fields or whatever we're a nation of smallholders. i have five acres and i don't exist in irish agricultural law because i'm too mm. small but you know mm. we've a thriving farm that we we add value to our produce like any small holding, and we sell it in the open market. Now, You're reminding me of a cheesemaker that supplies into Cork, and they recently mentioned that they were doubling their herd. And they now have four instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but I, a lot more smaller scale because the the... The rural Ireland is thriving, you know, it really is. And the the to have a local economy, you know, at the top of my road is Macamore Buffalo, who raise buffalo for the meat. The mm-hmm. other end of my road is Isla Crackers, who make a flaxseed cracker. Mm. Beautiful products each. Mm. Um, but we have a local economy. I'll go and buy his meat. He'll buy my chutney. You know, money moves around the local area. And when everything's a lot smaller, 
there is a lot more cooperation because you're living mm. within your means. You're, mm-hmm. You've created a local economy. And without a strong local economy, the people have no power and the land has no voice. Mm. I think it's important for people to understand that as well, isn't it? And to support. Mm. Just buy one businesses. thing. Yeah. You know, mm. or just start to think about, you know, buying a local butter. You know, mm. it's there'd be what 50 cents in that between that and what you pick up in the supermarket anyway there's just go and pay a little bit extra and just try it Mm. yeah and i think you've definitely proven that by being small doesn't mean that you can't achieve great things because you guys have achieved amazing things haven't you like if you've you've picked up i don't know countless awards and you've mentioned uh floss a few times there yeah um tell us a little bit about about that we have malk collects awards that's his thing it that's what makes him fizz (laughs) (laughs) he he smell award so does our malk so um we've 23 great taste awards Ah, Uh, we have I think it's seven Bloss golds, two silver, a bronze. We got uh, just, you know, the um, Bloss Naharan Supreme Champion this year, which was just, it that Incredible. blew us away because we did it with the wild ingredient. The, the So slow. It's a so slow jelly. And actually it's one I wanted to drop because it was pain in the arse picking snows the whole time. And it wasn't it wasn't a big seller, but Malk redid it and he was really proud of it and he made me put it into the awards. So mm. um and it beat every product that had Amazing. entered on the island of Ireland. And I, I was amazed and I was also a bit peeved because I had to go and go back to the hedge <laughs> for another four weeks to pick every slow in the county. <laughs> I had the whole I had the whole GAA troop out looking for me, you know, going, Fiona, there's some in the backfield, but mind the bull. <laughs> you know, I had I had people people yeah. dropping sacks of slows at the front door. I mean, door, it was yeah. just it was really, really, really nice. Mm. Um and I I that kind of thing. I'm really proud of us um mm. to have done that. And I, I like who we are as a business. You know, I, mm. I I believe in what we do. I believe we do a good job. And if it's to have any kind of legacy, it's just to help promote this type of life. Mm. Should we should we all join what? hands and sing? Well, I, <laughs> I think we need to join hands and sing now. That was just beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry. Ah, stop. That's, stop. That's really nice, Fiona. Do you know what? I'm actually blown away since I first spotted your stuff. How many... Obviously, they, they change and they're not always there. How, how many, many products, products have, do we have? How many products have you put on the shelf? Pick a card, any card. Yeah, like how many <laughs> Any number, time? any number on the back of it. I just, I get sick of counting them, so I don't. Um, but you see, some stuff we might have, like Meadowsweet, we might just make four boxes of it. Hmm. You know, um, Nasturtium Capers, we might do, you know, Haws, we might do. Some, the Slows weren't good one year. We didn't do a lot of them. You know, the... Hmm. We've kind of got our runners. We've got we've got our products that are turning over in Food Academy. 
you know, mm. that we have. We've got our kind, we've kind of got a little bit of our following going on and they get what we do. Because my thing on the stall was getting people to taste at least three things. I don't care mm. if they don't buy it. Well, I do care if they don't buy it. Mm. But generally, I don't care. But, but I want them to know that anything they taste with our brand on it is a good quality product. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is that you see wild about and you go, oh, well, I know that's ethically made, you know, sustainable. And I mightn't like nettle, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting as well, you know, like it, it, like we, we forget to remind ourselves sometimes it's just fascinating. Like when your brand to me is always really, really interesting, like what's oh. going to be next. And our food should be exciting and interesting like that and not homogenized. Like when yeah. things homogen, like we were talking about that butter that Myrtle Allen had found, it tasted really good from that particular paddock. When we homogenize the excitement of, of like, like you should be equally excited when something isn't as good as last week. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. It may not be good for that week, but it means the following week, it might be better than all the other weeks combined. Do you, you know? re- do you remember when Clementines used to come in? I used to go down to Cork for Christmas and I I used to remember cl- the smell of Clementines. So I named you... my daughter Clementine. Oh, did you? Yeah. Aww. Her, 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 oh, sec- darling. her second name. Yeah. Her second name. Her second name. Rose Rose Clementine. Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, oh, yeah. My darling. I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just so you could sit in the rocking chair on the deck singing it yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, limited yeah. but that's brilliant um, but you used, used to smell the clementines at like the mm. end of november this and you knew mm. it, it was just and then it was gone mm. and mm. everything is so prevalent mm. you know we have a little um we have marrows in particular we do a, a little jam and it's lovely it's marrow lemon and ginger and mm, it's an old delicious. wartime recipe when they couldn't get mm. the citrus fruits in because the U-boats, they used to pad out the jams and marmalades with marrow because it's like a sponge. It'll hold whatever flavor is around it. Um, and I remember try- this woman at Bloom tried it and she was in her 90s. She was the most elegant woman. And she started welling up and she says, I haven't tasted that in 50 years. Mm. You know, that that flavor combination yeah. had gone. And... I have certain times, we only make a couple of boxes of one when we're doing the marriage, but I know people are there going, is it in yet? Is it in yet? You know, yeah, that okay, there's yeah, that kind of favorite. seasonality to to stuff, which makes food more interesting. Exactly as you say, yeah. make make it more interesting. Make it not a chore to go to the supermarket. Maybe Other go than... to the supermarket to pick up, you know, whatever staples you need. Yeah. Other but than actual using food, the... look around. Yeah. Other than using the loo and sleeping, it's the, we do it. Yeah, every day. there's nothing else we do every day so it's such a missed opportunity to not excite yourself with what you eat you know and I've always yeah. reminded myself of that and that's why I'm in this but job. do you do you remember we well, probably don't because you're a lot younger than me but um in the, in the 70s the roaring 70s uh, I remember the first supermarkets opening up in Dublin I was in Clontarf and mm-hmm. like uh, Lipton's opened up at the top of the road it was the kind of first um proper supermarket in their area but I also remember everyone had a little market garden in the back of their their garden they grew lettuce tomatoes cucumbers Mm. every everybody grew a little bit Mm. in their back garden because you had your butchery you went to you had you know all the old staples that you go to um and the supermarkets just drew us out of that and Mm. you know it it all went and they taught us what to eat when to eat how to eat Mm you know, smells and lights and all the bollocks that goes into how people shop. 
you know, I just uh, creating a whole industry out of that is completely wrong to me. Mm. Um, that you know, the whole natural thing we've we've kind of lost, a, and I want to get people back to that so badly that yeah. lo- lockdown has done a lot of that. People started growing stuff again, and it is slowly beginning to change. It's just being turn. aware slowly. when you curve yeah. and you go back into the supermarket again. You have to be aware mm. of your own actions when you just go back into the the routine. Mm. So tell me, where can people buy your Wild About stuff? Well, as I said, we're small, um, but perfectly formed. Um, we're kind of Leinster-ish. So we'd be, we'd be in Super Value Food Academies in D- a good few in Dublin and uh, Wexford, Pettits and Wexford. Um, Ardkeen in Waterford, Shaw's in Waterford, Nolan's in Clontarf brilliant supermarket um but actually wildabout.ie is me (laughs) so uh the the online shop i'll be there (laughs) i'll be packing your stuff so um sometimes people just don't know or can't do websites and mine Mm -hmm. isn't the best to be honest um and they'll just give me a call and we'll go through mm. it and, and send stuff out or, you know, bespoke stuff. Because there's certain things I know from years of doing the markets, you know, certain ones that men like. If you like hot food, these three are really good. You know, if you mainly eat salads, this kind of stuff is good. Mm. If you're into mm. cheeses, soft, you can advise on a lot of stuff and actually make yeah. something really nice. So wildabout.ie, that's me. And you're supplying into a few of the neighbour foods as well around the country. Too, oh yeah, we're doing um we're doing Clonmel and Escorthy, Dunleary, Callan, Owning, Waterford, Carrigine, and two mile Boris once a month. That's <laughs> a lot of markets. <laughs> well again, this is this is the community of, of neighbour food. I mean, I don't deliver to all of those. I'll go to Debbie, Debbie'll take my stuff, she'll bring it to, to um Kilkenny, I'll take her stuff, bring it to Wexford, I go down to Waterford, give it to Helen from Moon Coin, she was bringing it to Carmel, to Clonmel. And this kind of interconnectivity that neighbour mm. food has created amongst producers is is incredible because we don't have that here in Ireland. There's there's very little cohesion overall in mm. the kind of the, the network of food producers. And there is a lot of competition. Um, so something like this just kind of evens the playing field a bit and you just, you really build strong relationships and, and it's beneficial to everybody. So it's, it's such a good in, initiative across the board um, mm-hmm. for so many reasons, not just the everyone wins, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we will be continuing to try and innovate more things in the same line as that yeah. again. <laughs> Fiona, thank you so much for chatting to us on the Neighbour Food Podcast. It's been really, really interesting to learn so much more about your business. And Brilliant. can't wait to try all these interesting new flavours. Yeah, yeah. keep yeah, doing what you're so doing. So you're super inspirational. Thanks, Fiona. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, I just, I like to keep myself no, happy and is. I deny myself nothing. So... <laughs> that's that's the best way to be um and malcolm too something tells me he deserves he deserves a good um well done as well he deserves a creative metal beer (laughs) yeah no he needs he's almost broken he needs to be put back together that's what he needs bless him what are you getting for christmas i got you a pulley system lover just gonna launch (laughs) through the house (laughs) amazing thanks fiona Who's our special guest? Okay, so our next guest is a musician and composer from originally Oregon. 
And he lives in Ireland. He lives in Ireland. Mm -hmm. He has played with, been members in bands such as Efter Clang, played with The National, M. Ward, Zooey Deschanel. He's had a full career in music, but according to himself now, he may even be more passionate about wild food. But his biggest... um, feet to date must surely be doing the music for the neighborhood podcast I would, say, I would say that's right up there at the top of the wikipedia page fair play peter i he actually he pulled out all the stops though when we got in touch with him to put some put some nice music together for the podcast so uh really really good thank you but what are we going to talk to him about we're talking about wild food ladies and gentlemen this is peter broderick When did your love of the wild come? It was around that time, really. It kind of coincided with the time that I was moving over here, but I just kind of, I got really obsessed really quickly. Mm. Um, uh, So I I, I can remember like the light bulb moment. I was, it was when I was still in Portland. This is probably uh, 2014 before I'd moved over to Ireland. And I was taking a walk with a friend and she was like studying um, to become a herbalist. But she obviously knew a lot about, you know, just plants. And we were walking down one of these Portland residential neighborhoods in the springtime. And it's plants are just exploding everywhere in people's gardens. And as we're walking, she just she keeps pulling things off that are, you know, like growing over onto the sidewalk path. Well, She's just grabbing them and sticking them in her mouth. And I'm like, what, what, what was that? Do you not have to eat dandelions? <laughs> yeah, she would explain it to me. And um and I just, it, it, it took me right back to when I was really, really young and how I used to, like I used to do things like pick grass and bundle it up and pretend it was a spear and stuff like that. So that's not necessarily for food purposes, but just that connection and, and interest in engaging and interacting with the wild plants. Um, yeah. So it took me back to that same excitement. And then I just fell deep headfirst into, the, into that world. And where are you living now, Peter? Uh, right now, I'm out in Spittle or near Spittle, which is um, one of the little seaside villages out out uh, west of Galway City. I know it well. You're near the ocean yes. as well, aren't you? Very near. I can see it from, from the living room window there. So this wild food obsession kind of coincided with your move to Ireland? Definitely. And, and be- for that reason, I sort of have grown really attached to the landscape here because I've never... It's your fridge. In- yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's and it's cold enough to be the fridge. When I was a kid, I was interested more in video games and stuff, you know. So I really, I never lived in, and then I was so deeply entrenched in the music world for a while that I never did much outdoorsy kind of stuff. But since since getting into wild food, you know, it's 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 uh, made me have this connection with the landscape and made me connect with the land itself in a way that. I never experienced before so now I have that connection here in a place where I didn't even grow up but you know my connection to the land is so much stronger than say where I did grow up and Peter you were saying in the email that you've been out foraging mushrooms over the autumn time what did you get yeah you know mushrooms I I was I started off with plants and I kind of I was a bit scared of mushrooms because you always hear, you know, you have to be way more careful with mushrooms, you know, then it's, it's much easier to make a deadly sort of mistake. Um, so I, I just, you know, with plants, I felt co- confident enough reading in a book, watching a YouTube video, going out, taking a nibble, see if I feel okay, you know, but with mushrooms, I didn't dare 
um, do that. So it took a while before I, I met some people that would show me a mushroom here and there. And yeah. then I knew a couple for a few years that I could identify with certainty. And I would go and pick those every year. But this year, I've been kind of branching out a bit and just picking stuff, not necessarily eating it, but really trying to identify mm. things and collecting more books. And um, so, yeah, but I, I let's see, what did I get this year? I have a jar of a bunch of dried mushrooms because um, I had such a good mushroom harvest that I have a, a few big <laughs> glass kilners with a wow. big variety of dried mushrooms. Yeah. So there's, there's chanterelles, like golden chanterelles. Um, uh, another mushroom called the trumpet chanterelle or winter chanterelle also known okay. as ye- yellow legs. Um, there's another uh, lesser known chanterelle variety called the sinuous chanterelle. Um, hedgehog mushrooms, um, very easy to identify for beginners because instead of gills underneath, they have little hedgehog-like spines. Mm. Uh, and what else? There's a little purple mushroom called the amethyst deceiver that, mm. um, you know, it's, it's very small. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't add a lot of bulk to the meal, but you know, scattered in with all those others, you know, especially the purple next to the golden chanterelle. It's just beautiful aesthetically. Yeah, just so I always try to get some of those in there. I think that's that's what's in my mixture that I've got dried there. Um, and they're dried, so they're going, like you could pull them out in a few months' time and just taste the flavors again of the forest, can't you? That's the idea, you know, preserve it for when it's not there on the landscape to, to get you through to the next time it's there next year, ideally. Um, yeah. And I did get a, a couple um, uh, more medicinal mushrooms this year as well. Mm. Um, things that aren't necessarily listed as edibles, but might have a history of medicinal use. And you, you heard about that man, um, the ice man Utsi, who was found like in, was it, uh, was he Swiss or something? Mm-hmm. I don't actually know much about, but he was basically a preserved man that had, you know, been preserved in ice for a long time. And it was quite a spectacle to discover, to see what kind of things he had and to learn much more about um, ancient people, I suppose. But he had a pouch of, of dried mushrooms of, of a mushroom called the birch polypore. Um, and it's a very common mushroom that grows on dying birch trees, okay. uh, dead and dying birch trees. And so I've started to collect that and dry that and make tea out of it. It's, it's meant to be a bit of an immune booster and also works on intestinal parasites and stuff. I don't take any medical claims from me. I'm not um, any kind of <laughs> disclaimer. Doctor, but, uh, well, I, you I, look I, great. <laughs> Thank you. You look very healthy. Well, and you've got a great, great. voice. <laughs> but anyway, I just um, I, I take an interest in it. I like to experiment with all of these things, and also just for the flavors and um, all of that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about. Um, Come here. What about this song about the wild food? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. You well, you have yeah. a song all about wild food. I have a song you? called Wild Food. Like you food obviously are obsessed with wild food. The chorus just goes wild food, wild food. Yeah. Yeah. It's what it's is very... the story with that? You're obviously like completely obsessed with this food type or yes. food types. I, my, my original idea. My original idea, because um, I became a stepdad five years ago, and the boy was five years old at that time. So I started, I kind of got plunged headfirst, as well as in the foraging world, into like parenthood. And um, that sort of drastically changed my, my, my music and my art as well. So 
um, I, when I was getting into all the foraging, I had this idea to make like a children's album where each song was about a different plant and had nice little rhymes and wow, could educate okay. the children, you know, what are all these plants growing around you that you yeah, can utilize? Yeah. And, um, somehow it, it all got mushed into that one song. In the okay. end. So okay. it's a song and it's kind of a list of, of different, you know, plants, common plants growing yeah, at least yeah. around so you're here. You're talking about things like um, nettles and sea beets and dandelions and everything, aren't you? That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. gas. Maybe you could go back to the album at some point, would you? I'd Kids love to. Album. I mean, if someone said, Peter, we'd like to uh, sponsor you to do this project, I'd go and do it for sure. But in my own mind, I always have too many different ideas. It's 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 amazing that any of them get done, really. Um, <laughs> We're but, all like uh, that, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it was amazing, and and thank you for for doing the music for our podcast. I mean, I asked you to do the music for this podcast on the recommendation from Dermot. He mentioned that you might be up for doing it. I didn't even think about messaging you, but I had been listening to that album. Was it Dermot or Brian? Oh, it was Brian. Sorry, yeah. Oops. No worries, no worries. <laughs> you gave the wrong, you gave the bottle of whiskey to the wrong guy. <laughs> they 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 come in a unit more often than not. They, it was they brilliant do, actually. They do. They do. No, they I um do. yeah because I had been like, it was such a good experience for me because I I loved that that album Blackberry. It's it's beautiful. It's so beautiful and this and I, we've spoken about this at length because Jolene maybe you don't know this but Peter and I didn't know each other before this but we do have mutual mm-hmm. friends in common but we mm-hmm. also have some really weird kind of life experience things in common I also have a stepchild yeah. I also moved country you know yeah. to step into the all the different pieces and then the album finishes with this wild food and I'm in the middle of this neighbor food project and it was just like a real kind of jaw-dropping moment so yeah I just wanted to touch base with you to find out what all this love of wild food is all about well I'm really I'm really I was really eager to to chat with you guys about it because you know I, as you as you know I I my career is more as a musician but um mm. I would I would venture to say I might even be more passionate about wild foods than I am about music. I mean it doesn't need to be a competition but uh because music became my career and it's entwined with money that sort of yeah. taints things and makes them less pure uh, you know, I have a very pure passion for the wild food stuff. So I'm always like really excited to talk about it. And that's why I think I infused it into the music in the Blackberry album so that so that when I talk about the album in an interview or just to whoever that I can I can ha- bring some of that passion along with it, you know. Oh, well, that's amazing. The passion definitely comes through. I think we need to get you over to Fiona. She's in Gory on the east coast if you're ever over in that direction going anywhere near wexford or going anywhere near dublin i'd say she'd definitely have you to have a look at her wild museum i, I don't yeah, know what you're gonna call it like great. it's just gonna be uh, yeah. uh, like a sweet shop for you <laughs> yeah absolutely you know well thank you peter yeah. i don't want to take too much more of your time wild food. <laughs> <laughs> can you sing us out on the chorus there as we uh, as we wild the food it's all I want now, wild food, it's my favorite, wild food, it's all I want now, wild food. You know what I say, people look down at these plants and they, they, they call them pests. You know what I say, I, I say turn those pests into pesto! Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Thank you, Peter. There's a little plant Legend. called wood sorrel, it's got Very well, three shaped leaves. 
Even the kids like the taste of that one. It's a little tart and sour like a lemon, but when I see a patch, I just can't help but go over and snatch. And you can eat the whole plant of red clover, but the flower's my favorite part. And I've heard it's good for the heart. Speaking of the heart, well, there's no better plant than old Hawthorn. Don't be scared away by the crown Jesus warned. Well, he must have liked his wild food. It used to be all wild food, but now it's rarely wild food. Come on, dude. You work a job for money. You spend the money on food. And then you go to the gym and spend more money to get rid of the food. Well, how about spending the day outside? Running through the trees, now that's exercise Filling up your basket, snacking all the way Eating that delicious, highly nutritious The best food available on planet Earth, folks Forget about organic 